Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for another uh, evening together. Lord, I thank you for those gathered here in the room and, and those who have tuned in through Facebook. Uh, we're grateful, Lord. We thank you that you always do something when the saints gather together. Lord, I thank you that you're always in our midst. Lord, you said when two or three gather, you're in the midst. And so we thank you for your presence. And we ask right now that you would just continue in this attitude of worship to teach us who you are and inspire us in prayer. We want to be those who follow you all of our days, all of our lives, God. And so open your word to us tonight, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. You know, I just wanted to say before I get into the notes that, um, you know, this, this community, this house of prayer community is not just for people who are strong at prayer or spiritually elite. That's not what I'm going for. I'm, I, I want a community of people who who are weak because I'm weak, you're weak, we're all weak. There's none of us is perfect, but who just want to love Jesus. And so I, I just think sometimes people come in to a prayer meeting on a weeknight or a Friday night and they're thinking, ah, you know, I just don't measure up to, you know, that person or over there. And, and you don't have to think that way because we're just a community of weak people who just really wants more of Jesus and so whatever you're feeling tonight, I just want you to know that, that this is a community for you. You know, we're, 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 we're like everybody is on the same team here. And whether you follow the Lord your whole life or you've just started or you've been in victory for years or you've had setbacks lately, I want you here. Uh, I don't want people who've got all their messes figured out to, to then come. I want you to come with your mess and I, and I want to pray into that. And I want to be a place where people come at their worst and we see God break through in your life time and again. And so the church where there's only perfect people, that church doesn't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I just want to be that place where you feel like you can come no matter what kind of day you've had or week or whatever. And I want to come around you and pray for you. Um, I, I would really like this to be a community where you could share your deepest, darkest struggle, and we don't judge you and condemn you. We just share Jesus with you and pray with you and help you walk into that place of victory. I'm, I'm, to, I'm totally preaching a separate message, but I'm going to do the other message real quick here. But, uh, you know, Jesus, when that woman was uh, brought out into the road and they had thrown her and they were about to stone her, uh, and then Jesus kind of just dropped a bomb on them and they all left. He said something very interesting. He said, um, he said, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. And I want that to be our community. I want us to be a place where no matter what you've done or gotten yourself caught up in, 
I would want you to be able to come here and feel Jesus saying, we don't condemn you. And, and yet we want to help you go sin no more so that you can live in victory and experience those blessings. Do you know what I'm saying? And so we want to be a house of prayer where God breaks in and we see cool things. But you know what? He doesn't use perfect people. He doesn't use people who think they're perfect because that, that person doesn't. I mean, there's one guy that did that and he's seated at the right hand of the father. But the rest of us are imperfect, sin prone people. And we're just trying to get as much Jesus as we can. So that's really, I felt kind of a little nudge from the Spirit to say, this is the community we're after. We want to reach for as much as available. You know, we don't want to just be spiritually lethargic and just kind of go, oh, God will do whatever. No, I want to press into God and seek Him with all my heart like a David. I want to be a man after God's own heart, but I want... I don't want anybody to feel like they can come in these doors. And I, and I praise God for the seven to eight years we've done this. We have had all kinds come through these doors and seen God do amazing things. And so I just want to reassure us as a family that we're, I'm not waiting for you, know, you to get some breakthrough so that you can be valuable here or something like that. No, I just want you to feel like you belong and that this is a place where you can really just connect with the Lord. Um, We also don't want to give the impression that you can just, you know, never uh, care about changing. No, if we're real believers, we care about maturing and growing, but we're not going to judge you into that. Jesus doesn't do that, and we're not going to do that. Amen. Amen. End of first message. Let's go to the real. (laughs) Anyway, just felt the nudge there. Okay, I'm going to just, this kind of like a flight where you have to make a connecting flight before you get to your destination. That was like the first connecting flight. And now we're going to go to the real destination here. Uh, Tonight's uh, real message. Follow with me here. Tonight's real message. The title, the title is, Could You Not? Watch with me one hour. This is a a direct phrase from Jesus. He asks this question when they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. You guys know the story. He's about to be betrayed by Judas. He's about to go to the cross and he's having a prayer time. He invites his top three to come out with him. And what do they do being the super spiritual apostles that they are? What do they do? They fall asleep. You know, I'm glad it wasn't me because I would have I've been like, where's the TV? (laughs) Jesus is over there. I'm going to turn on a football game or something, wait for him to come back. Um, But so they fall asleep and Jesus comes back and says, he literally says, or uh, Matthew gives us the phrase. He says, he says, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? And it's that phrase I want to dissect a little bit tonight because it's, it's, a, it's a, an important question, and I think it may be one of the most important questions he asked. Uh, but before I go there, just a reminder that this is in no way, this message tonight in no way is to condemn you for not praying or for not praying enough. You know, a lot of times when I preach on prayer, I know what happens because I've been in the the seats. You you know, someone gives a radical call to prayer and then what we're thinking is, yeah, I should be praying more. Okay, but I can't. I'm too busy and I can't and it's boring. And I don't want you to hear with that that kind of, 
ear tonight. I want you to hear just the, the sweet invitation from the Lord to go a bit higher and to get a vision to go into a deeper, a deeper commitment to prayer that is not, you know, because uh, if I don't, he's not going to love me. But, but just, to, just to kind of feel like the invitation and the sweetness, like if you, if you stay connected with me, you'll experience more of me. Because here's the truth. Jesus does not condemn us into a deeper prayer life or a greater maturity or more spiritual depth. He's not up in heaven going, if you just don't get it together, I'm just not going to bless. He's not pointing the finger. Jesus is just such a gracious man. And he's always just saying, well, if you want to pray a little more, I'll do a little more. If you want to ask a little more, I'll, I'll release a little more. And so just come away with me and and watch with me and connect with me. Try to. And I'll release more in your family and business and life. And so hear it not as a condemnation but as an invitation. Because that's really his heart. His heart is never to just throw lightning bolts and blow us up. His heart really is, I love you and I want you in the deeper things. Okay, so I just wanted to throw that out as a starting point. But let's just read the verse Uh, And then we'll kind of just unpack it a little bit for about the next, I would say, 15 minutes. I'll try to land this at about 8.30. I'll go go quick. Even though, Curtis, I know you you want me to keep going longer. (laughs) Me and you will do the third message here later, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, Matthew 26.40, and Mark also has it in Mark 14. Jesus says, he comes to his disciples and he finds them sleeping. And he says to Peter, this is interesting, he singles out Peter, I'll, I'll talk about that. He says, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Almost what it sounds like is one hour is almost nothing when it comes to prayer. It's like he goes, guys, oh my goodness, you have no idea how important this season is. Could you not connect with me in prayer for even one hour? And when I hear that, I go, man, I struggle to pray for an hour. And if he kind of makes it seem like that's the minimum, oh my goodness. So he kind of stirs up his guys a little bit and kind of goes, you need to work on this. And then he says, he says a very significant second uh, statement. This is verse 41. He says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And then he gives this final nugget. He says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we're going to look at that. Let's just set the stage for a moment. Very briefly, the, the larger setting of this question is, once again, it's the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is uh, feeling the heat, okay? He knows what's going to happen. His guys have no clue. And I kind of take a little bit of um, solace when I read the stories of the disciples because I don't feel as bad about feeling like, because if his top guys back then were totally disconnected, I feel like, okay, at least, at least they, you know, they weren't as super spiritual as we make them out to be sometimes. They were totally clueless, even though Jesus told them many different ways, hey, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, I'm, there's... There's coming a, a radical persecution. Um, they didn't want to hear it. 
They, they were thinking, no, you're going to be king and, and the kingdom's coming and this is going to happen now and we're going to take over. That was their mindset mostly. They didn't know it involved a cross and a death and uh, a resurrection and an ascension and church history and then a second coming. They, did, they weren't connecting to any of this at this point. And so this is the setting they were about to go through hard times. Excuse me. They were about to enter a difficult season. All of this was in front of them. They didn't know. Jesus knew. And so that's why he's, he's like, oh my goodness, guys, the, the intensity of the season is about to skyrocket. And so much is going to happen that you don't understand. You have to be praying is essentially the message. Okay, and I would describe what has happened in the last 18 to 24 months as sort of a hard time or a difficult season, not at this level, but it has really rattled people. And it's in these times that we really find out what our depth really is. And so, I mean, it's something that we go through seasons just like the disciples had to, had to transition from, okay, they have this rabbi that they believe is the Messiah, and then all of a sudden he dies. And then all of a sudden, you know, he resurrects, and then he's gone, and then the Spirit comes in so much radically shifted that they had to have a spiritual depth. They had to have a prayer life to rightly interpret these things. And I think that there's sort of this Holy Spirit nudge going, take that as an example and understand there's going to be transitions in life. There's going to be transitions in the historical sense where just things shift and we need to adjust. We need to go, okay, this is how we did it then, but it's totally a new ballgame now. And, and, to make that adjustment or that switch or crossover, it requires that, that Jesus' followers have a prayer life. I mean, that's really the only way we stay connected. And again, don't feel like, oh, I should be praying, but I'm not. You know, we should all be praying more. Just feel the invitation as I share tonight. But for real, though, the, the, from the beginning of the pandemic to the presidential election to the social strife and the George Floyd thing and so much just hit instantly that there was a shift and a lot of people just don't know what to do so they kind of just I don't really know if I'm going to go to church or pray or worry about any of that I'm just going to kind of hunker down and hope things kind of change one day and and I'm here to say that they're not going to they're not going to go back to what it was they're just going to continue to change here's the thing <laughs> The, 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 one, the one thing you can count on in life is that things will always change. That, that's the one unchanging reality is that things will always change. And so, you know, some people live their whole life in sort of that idealistic, well, I'll just wait till it goes back to kind of like the 80s or the 90s, and it's never going back. We have to adjust. We have to go, okay, Lord, now that we're in this season, Tell me, what does it look like to be a believer? What does it sound like? How do I, you know, we have to do that. And the way we do that is we connect to God in prayer. 
Let me just go down. This is a, I know you don't have the notes, but there's about four points briefly I want to make about prayer, prayerlessness, and the importance of being a praying leader I want to touch on that I think are important just to hear from this story. I think there's a lot of insight Jesus gives us. But I, I want to call us, I want to call us to be a praying people. And I, of course, I, I lead a house of prayer and by the grace of God, we, we pray on a regular basis. But I, I, want, I want you to hear the Lord saying, I want you to pray with me for an hour. I, I really want you to be able to watch with me and get my heart and, and be able to figure out the things people are confused about. It's so important to realize that, that prayer is what gets us there. You know, I often give this analogy, you know, if we, you know, as married folk never talk to our spouse, technically we're married, but we don't really know their heart and their mind and their emotions. I mean, no one would do that. No one would get married and then never talk to them again. But as Christians, it's similar. We don't want to be technically Christian and yet live disconnected, never talking to the Lord or hearing from him in his word. We, we want to be as informed as possible, and that's how we pray and we study his word and we, we, we stay connected to his heart. And so when we go days and weeks and months without any real depth of prayer, we maybe throw a token at him, well, I went to church there. We just, we're really disconnected, and then the swirl of culture happens, and the president changes, and then there's a vaccine because of the pandemic, and all these opinions, and we don't know what to think. There's so many answers in prayer, and there's so many answers in Scripture, but we've got to lock into it. So I, would, I, I want to give a radical vision to, to understand. I mean, it's not my radical vision. Jesus, Jesus made very clear, he calls us to a deep prayer life that's measured more in hours than in minutes. Jesus didn't say, oh, man, could you not watch with me for five minutes he said could you not watch with me for one hour and so there's something that happens to us when we kind of view prayers like well i'll I'll be praying for you bill (laughs) probably won't but you know there's that kind of thing we do where we say stuff like that and never really pray and then there's the you know i'm going to take that to the prayer closet and i'm going to pray from 10 to 11 before i go to bed you know, those two different scenarios, the one never really going to touch the things of God, and the, the intercessor who takes it into prayer for an hour, he will touch the things of God, he or she. And so again, is, this is not to condemn us. We know from the book of Romans, chapter 8, that prayer will always be one of our weaknesses. I mean, Romans 8.32, it's clear God gave us the Holy Spirit knowing one of our weaknesses was our prayer, our prayer life. And so it's like, okay, we're so weak, we need God inside of us to help us pray. That, that's how hard it can be. But make no mistake, we, we want to try. And I, I, my homework assignment for this week is just try once this week, once, just one time, Schedule one hour of prayer. Just try it. Just take Jesus up on this. Open your Bible and just start reading and talking to the Lord. And then pray for grandma. Lift up your finances and go back and read scripture a little bit. Just try it one time. See what happens. I I know the Lord will honor it. Um, Some of you, maybe you do that regularly. 
Or maybe come on out to the house of prayer. We pray for an hour a night. I'm telling you, I, for 20 years, I've been in literally thousands of prayer meetings. You never know. You pray for an hour or a two-hour meeting. We've done all kinds of all-night prayer meetings, two hours, one hour, four hour. You, you just never know, but every so often, something really neat happens in a prayer meeting. And it's usually not the first five minutes or first ten. It's usually after an hour or two hours or a couple hours, the Lord meets you. It's really cool. And not to say if you give up at minute 57, he's like there with his stopwatch. Like, hey, no, it wasn't 58. Nope, doesn't count. No, he doesn't do that. Okay, but just the whole idea of could you not watch with me for an hour is, is could you not move away from token prayer to really learning my heart and, and learning scripture? Because it's, it, our culture is so obsessed and even idolizes activity that it's so hard for us to break away, schedule an hour or two, and just sit there and think about God and pray and hear. It's just a, it's a very unusual thing in our culture, but it's so important. Uh, we'll go down to the second point. So that was kind of uh, just uh, thinking of prayer. You know, when I, I'll just say this real quick. When I first started praying when I was like 18, like I literally, I remember someone telling me, um, that they prayed an hour at a time or something like that. And I just remember hearing it as like 27 hours. Like, you pray for an hour? Like, what would you do? I mean, I was shocked. And I, was, and I remember trying it, and I just remember sitting there like, what in the world is do I do? I don't even know what to do. And you just, I, I mean, it's okay. That's how you learn. You know what I'm saying? So don't, if you feel like you try it and it doesn't work, no, you just keep trying it. You keep working at it and you get kind of used to praying for a given period of time. But I prayed for 15 minutes. You know, I I said, I'm going to pray for an hour and I lasted 15 minutes. And then the next time was 10 and then it was 18 and then it was 13. And then, oh, I did a 37 minute. And then back to, I skipped two days. And then I just kind of, for so many years, it was just all over the place before it really kind of got more of a normal cadence. And that's, that's normal. But just shoot for something meaningful where you're really connecting in, in an intellectual way, in an emotional way, where you're really understanding and, and kind of wrestling with Scripture and talking to the Lord. I will also say this. I don't feel almost anything in virtually any of my prayer meetings. Uh, I don't feel like, oh, Lord, you touched me again. This happened. You know, it doesn't. It's, it's just something I, I've learned to do, and I know the Lord honors it. And so um, it's kind of like when you start exercising, you, you don't feel amazing every time you exercise, but oh, you do that for months and years, you're going to be in way better shape. And you don't know at what point it got way better, really. It's just you know over time you've gotten healthier. When we pray consistently, we become very spiritually healthy. And we're just a different person. But you can't really, well, at the one-month mark, something drastically shifted. No, it's just you do you, you, a deep commitment to prayer, you know, week after month after year, you, you just, it's different. Okay. Jesus expressed a sense of surprise when his followers were sleeping in the moment instead of discerning the moment i got to wrap this up. Oh, my goodness. 
fine. Okay, thank you. I was just kind of hoping you'd say something there, Curtis. Appreciate that. He knew, so Jesus was, I mean, he sees him sleeping. He wasn't like disgusted, but he was just in that moment like, oh, guys. I mean, his heart was like, oh, my goodness. If you knew it was coming, you'd be praying sort of thing. And so he knows, Jesus knows that when we, when we pray, we're stronger. We can face difficulty. We're not as prone to buckle under pressure. And so that what that Jesus says is not like a, you know, oh my goodness, you guys can't, you know, handle anything. No, it's, it's more like just hear his heart of, come on, we can, we can do this. I want to share a little bit about the statement that Jesus made um, when he says, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Watch and pray, lest you enter to temptation. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And I think there's some confusion on this, so I just want to touch on it briefly. But there are inside of you two competing desires. Bless that phone, Lord. (laughs) Heal that thing. There's inside of all of us as believers two competing desires. When we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. And so there's this wrestle. The Holy Spirit's within us influencing us to do what's good. And our flesh, which is our sinful fallen desires, they're in us going, I want to do bad. And so there's this perpetual wrestle that we will never fully... Uh, you know, it won't be, it won't change until we're in heaven, when we're given a resurrected body. That, that struggle against sin will never cease our whole life. But the more we obey the Spirit, the stronger we get in obeying and the weaker we get at disobeying. It's kind of like this arm wrestle. And the more we surrender to the Holy Spirit and the more we do the will of God, the more we choose what we know is right, it gets easier and easier to choose what's right. If we continually choose what's not right, it gets easier and easier to do that. There's this constant struggle. And that's why compromise can be deadly. Because the more we compromise, the easier it gets to compromise. And the easier it gets to do bigger compromises, and then we're just completely consumed with and disconnected from the Lord. So there's this theology of inward struggle. There's these two desires And what does Jesus say? He says, watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. Your spirit's willing. The Holy Spirit within you, he's real and he really wants to empower you to do the will of God and to obey God. But your ability to follow through, your flesh is weak. It's hard, and so you need to be in prayer, is what Jesus is saying. This Holy Spirit's in you. He's helping you. But to be able to follow through on what he's trying to get you to do is sometimes hard because it's like, ah, I don't want to do prayer. I don't want to forgive. Ah, and so the Spirit's telling us to do it. We don't want to. The difference is in prayer. If we have a prayer time or if we have a regular time with the Lord, it gets easier to go, oh, okay, I, I see what you're, yeah, okay, I need, to, I need to forgive that person and I need to, you know, do that over there. We want to live as like spirit-filled and as surrendered to God the Spirit as much as possible because that's, that's where freedom is. 
Amen. Let me just finish with this thought on Peter and leadership. Because what's interesting is when Jesus comes and sees all these guys sleeping, who's he call out? Who's he call out? Excuse me. He calls out Peter. And I'm thinking, if I'm Peter, I'm like, Lord, they're all sleeping. We're all asleep. Like, why you got to talk to me like that? Like, Lord, why are you picking on me? I'm going to just end with these thoughts here. No other names are mentioned. We know, I think, most of the disciples... We know that, that, that the three are definitely there, and the other disciples might have been kind of off in the distance. Only Peter's called out. And I think... I think this is due to the fact be, uh, of, of the nature of Peter's calling. Because if you, if you just do a cursory study of Peter's life, you know what Peter's always doing. Peter's always talking first. He's always stepping out of the boat first. He's always trying to be first. And that's because that's what Peter was to be. He was to be in many ways first among those who were called to be first. He was to be an apostle among apostles or apostle to apostles. He was kind of a forerunner within the forerunners. And so he was, he was kind of at the tip of the tip of the spear. And so none of the other disciples were getting out of the boat to walk on water. But Peter's like, I'm going to do it. And some would look at that as, as a little bit arrogant or uh, presumptuous. That was God's will. And so there's got to be somebody willing, even among the leadership, to step out and lead leaders. And that's what Peter did often. You know, Jesus would ask a question, Peter immediately answered, Oh, you're the Lord, the Christ. Or, you know, Jesus would share a parable that no one understood, no one wanted to say it. So Peter, Peter's like, uh, Lord, none of us understand that. And he was always, you know, showing up as first. And so when you are... When you have that calling to be a leader or a leader among leaders, and many of you here may find yourself in this capacity, when, when, you, when that's kind of your nature or calling or personality, that, that comes with correction. If you're going to be first in many ways, you're going to be first to be corrected, and it's going to seem unfair, but that's just that's how the Lord has to kind of curtail that type of leader because here's the thing if if peter begins to sleep and not pray guess what everyone else is going to do if the top leaders give up and they stop praying and they lose faith it's going to trickle down to everyone else and so when you lead a ministry or you are a leader at work or a leader at home you know, when we're called to be first in that sense, we have to be first to be able to be corrected because the way we go, many others will go that way. And, and, and what Peter didn't know was that he was going to be severely shaken. And the Lord prayed for him and you know, covered it. But I think there was a dimension of grace that Peter could have had if he would have been, you know, prayed up so to speak if he would have been you know instant in prayer as it as it's often referred to because we know what happened to peter 
the Lord was crucified, and then some people started, hey, you were with him. No, I'm not. And he denied it, and he denied the Lord, and then the rooster crowed, and then he wept bitterly, and then he went fishing, and he wanted to give up on everything. And then the Lord restored him, and it's this whole amazing story. But that kind of drama is, you know, we're going to go through things like this in our life. And when we're disconnected from the Lord and then we begin to go through all the drama, we have almost no idea why. Peter was being groomed to be an elite leader. He didn't know it, though. And the only way to really stay connected was to be in prayer. I mean, imagine you're Peter the Apostle. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is one of the greatest church leaders in history. And, and you know, he just went through the ringer and... But the point being, sometimes, sometimes you just have to know it seems unfair. It seems like the Lord's only calling you out, only correcting you, only this, only that. But it's because of what you're called to do. It's because of who you're called to be. You know, it, it, to, to withstand the, the pressure of what may come in your life and to hold fast as a believer and to stay spiritually strong so others can see your example and remain strong. We, we, it's, it's, uh, it requires a little bit of, uh, you know, we got to take in that correction. And so uh, that's kind of what I wanted to end with tonight. And, uh, and so that's, 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 the, that's the question for tonight. Could you not? Watch with me one hour. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I've poured out my heart tonight. I've preached your word. And now I simply ask that you would give us the grace. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to be those who say yes, God. To be a people who struggles, who labors, who uh, presses in for the grace to be a praying people not, not to boast, not to try to be some elite Christian, not to be you know, better than others, but because we want to stay connected to your heart, Lord. So Lord Jesus, tonight we hear the invitation to take a step deeper in prayer, and we pray that you'd help us go there tonight. Lord, I pray for all my friends gathered, all those that have tuned in on Facebook. Lord, I'm asking, even those who will hear the recording, that you would give us renewed grace to be those that embrace not just kind of the, the minimum type of prayer life, but we go into the deeper things all by the grace of God and all for the glory of God. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.